Blog Talk Radio.
The Atlanta Mardi Gras Ball is returning once again. Saturday, February the 7th, 2015, to celebrate and pay homage to the Carnival's most popular tradition. From Mobile, Alabama to Atlanta, Georgia, let the good times roll. Text ATL Mardi Gras to 545454. Again, that's just text ATL Mardi Gras to 545454. It's a BYOB affair. Tell them the Empress sent you. The first impression is a lasting impression, so what you look like does matter. Start the year off with a new look, a change, a beginning for 2015. Portia at Soho's Beauty Salon specializes in silk press and full head extensions. She's located at 231 State Farm Parkway, Homewood, Alabama, or you can call for an appointment at 205-807-1736. Tell her the Empress sent you. Everything begins with an honest open conversation. The Empire is exactly that place and you can just weigh in, listen, or debate with others about topics ranging from childcare, sex, religion, and politics. We talk about the things that matter, the things we experience, and we make plans for how we can better live with change. Real talk, real people, real issues with real solutions. Call 646-478-5625 every Sunday and Wednesday at 8 Central on Blog Talk Radio to get Empire with the Empress. Or you can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Empire, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. month is going to be so exciting for us. We're going to have a lot going on. Hopefully some good information, some edification, some hilariousness. We got it all lined up for you. And we're going to get you prepared for Valentine's because it is, of course, the National Setting Aside Day to express the love for that special someone in your life if you uh, have one. And um Just to review what we will be doing this month, of course, tonight we're going to be talking about the difference between family and friends and how those two entities work, how they're defined, and uh, whether or not they should be uh, a single unit or actually two separate entities of necessity for us in our lives to function well. But on February the 4th, this coming Wednesday, we're going to talk, talk about the three Ps. The three Ps with Sister Tamika Jackson. Tamiko Jackson is a friend of mine, and she, we had such an involved uh, conversation, and we worked together on a lot of other products. We actually had one of our first live sessions, uh, not this past week, uh, but the week before. It went very, very well. It was a trial run for something that we're planning later in the month of February, so stay tuned to uh, all of my media for that information, that again um, is coming up uh, Friday the fourth. Uh, the three Ps will be explained to us in grand detail, and hopefully, it's going to incite some change in people, some understanding of why things are the way that they are, and what we can do to change things to be uh, what we would like for them to be in our lives on February the eighth. Baby, baby, baby. Mm, mm, mm. We going in. 
I feel like Lil Wayne right there. We're going in with Pretty Tony on Thoughtism. He is a thoughtologist, and he has agreed to come on to the show and give us all of the ins and outs, the, the cues, the clues, the characteristics of how we can save ourselves and our children and our children's children from the thought disease. I mean, thoughtism is a big thing. It seems to be getting grander, and I felt like it was important enough for us to talk about it here on the Empire. So that's what we're going to do on February the 8th. On February the 11th, though, we're going to, again, get you ready for Valentine's Day, which is the 14th. It's actually on a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, this year, which is great because it allows people to plan some things for the holiday, plan some things that are good for uh, your relationships to spice things up because, you know, some people are just doing the same things every time, every year, and it's just almost predictable. We're going to talk about boring women and boring men, and we're going to talk about the things that you can do to spice up your relationship. That is, again, on February the 11th, and hopefully we're going to have a special guest or two to help do that for us. And this is not just for the women. This is also for the men. I'm going to hopefully before that time send out some questionnaires via my um, social medias to uh, people who can help me can help me understand what you want on Valentine's because Valentine's is not just something for the females. Men want things too. Now, I don't think that it would be a great idea for every man to get uh, a dozen roses sent to him, but, you know, whatever uh, floats your boat, that's what we'll do. And But tonight we're going to get into family and friends, what they are, who they are, how to recognize them differently, how they're actually defined, and whether or not we have the right people in the alignment that we need for the purpose of our life. So we'll see how that goes. We'll be right back after this short I hope it's a short song. You know, I'm I'm adding so many songs to my repertoire that it's gotten a little bit convoluted, but I, I think uh, that, that it'll be okay. Let's let's do a song and then we'll come right back. I can tell that you've been 
you sometimes can take for granted that you've shared with people who uh, you work with or who you're with a lot. And I had actually done that. I actually thought that you knew uh, most of my history, knew most of some of my um, tribulations, I guess you could say. But she had no idea. And it was, you know, I've gotten to a point, and I'm so grateful that I was at a point where I could share that with her and and, um, some of myself with her where it wasn't um, painful. It was more cathartic than anything else. Um, It was testimonial in a way, and I almost was kind of proud of myself by saying the things that I had to say and sharing things that I was willing to share with her without getting really, really upset, which used to be a difficult thing to do. Uh, And, of course, we're not going to talk about that tonight, but then I went uh, last night out to eat with another of my girlfriends here in town, and we talked and we shared, and it was just, it just felt so, so good. And the thing that came to mind very, very strongly is the difference between the sharing that I personally gave and have always given to people who are not related to me, um, which is different from the sharing that I have with family. And, you know, for some reason, I think it is probably a very common thing. More people are willing to share things uh, with people who are not relative to them or in their family versus people who, I would say, who are just, uh, and some and people throw around words like friends just like they do with love, but acquaintances, associates, however you say. But I took the time to look up the words, which is something that I always do, and tonight was no exception, looked at, looked up the words, friend, family, relative, foe, and I was shocked that frenemy is actually in the dictionary. It's not like some made-up word. There is a real uh, definition for frenemy. But we'll start with family. And family, I think, is what most people just understand that, you know, somebody related to your mama, your mama and them folk, your dad and them folk, somebody that looks just like you. But it's actually defined as a common ancestry or a fellowship of persons related to each other. They can be defined as uh, persons who live together, or it can be derived from people who come from the same stock, common stock. Now, I, I have heard people actually say that they're made out of a different type of stock, which was like the insinuation that they were made somehow differently from the rest of the people in in their family, and so it kind of clicked. Uh, they were basically saying that you're not family when they're saying that, but uh, that is the definition of family, a common ancestry, a group of people related to each other, uh, excuse me, possibly living <clears throat> With each other, but it's derived, derived people who are derived from being united by a conviction, a raise, or a common thread is considered family. So, actually, church people are people, and see, I knew he was going to start that crap. Church people are people who are not usually relative to you by blood. Like, they may not, they may or may not be your mom's folk. And I'm going to shut you out here, but it uh, usually is someone who is just similar in belief system, similar in your religious practices, 
and, 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 and with your affiliation with that particular faith. So a church is considered a family, whereas a relative is someone or something belonging to the same group. Uh, characteristic qualities are usually the same, and, and usually a relative is someone who's related to you by blood. Now, that kind of feeds back into the definition of what a family is, but the difference is is that it necessarily uh, isn't a person, um, um, as most people would say, this is my relative. I'm related to this person. It can actually be a thing or a situation or uh, characteristics and qualities that make you similar to this grouping of people, whereas family is usually a connectivity by ancestry, which is, you know, genetics. You know, you are actually the aunt, the uncle, you know, that type thing. So it's, 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 a, it's different, very, very close in definition, but a, a little bit different. And then when we go to the definition of friend, friend is said to be um, a person that you enjoy being with, a person who is there to support or to help you in an endeavor. Uh, that was the essence of the of the definition of friend. And then the definition of foe, of course, is that opposite and enemy, uh, uh, period, point blank period. I mean, it didn't even have any more explanation through two others. It just says it is an, an enemy. Uh, if they're not a friend, then they're an enemy. Um, and then, excuse me, I was very excited and I was kind of shocked that frenemy was actually in the dictionary. Frenemy is a person who pretends to be a friend, but is actually a, how you say, an enemy. Uh, they have put on or act in a state where they have confused, I'm assuming, the person uh, of interest to be on their side when they're actually on the opposite of them. Um, you know, I thought that it would be, you know, just someone who used to be a friend who's now your enemy. But, no, a frenemy is someone who never really was, and their intent is to deceive you. Now, some of the questions that I had, and tonight's just going to be really short because I really didn't think this thing through, forgetting it was uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I asked several of my friends, like, who they were going to spend time with on this particular celebratory event. And when it comes to celebrations, uh, a lot of the people had to say that it just depended on what the celebration was. If this was a celebration, a birthday, um, an anniversary, which all are significant to like links of life and, you know, whatever, family is what came up most often. But, if it wasn't a particular celebration in a, in a personal way or in a way, say, of marriage or life or something like that, and it was just like a getting together, more people than not said that they would choose their friends to celebrate with. And, of course, I asked that they choose one versus the other, not the both of them. And I was shocked because I would have thought that there should be a natural a natural pulling towards a person who is related to you by uh, family or ancestry versus a person who has no affiliation with you except for by choice 
uh, or attraction. Now, again, a friend is someone that you just choose, that, that you actually enjoy to be in your company. And But the, the, the there is a work uh, on the other end of what a friend is, and I think this is where a lot of people get mixed up. Just because you kind of like that person, just because you kind of have a common interest as that person does not make that person your friend. Actually, the friend has a job to do for you and vice versa. It's very, very similar to how our love is uh, explained and how we went through the love sessions. And I do did want to say that I appreciated all of the guests that I had on the show uh, during the month of January for our love explanations and, and, and consultations. They were great. I had aha moments from the beginning to the end, and I thought I kind of knew a little bit. Hmm because I love love, and David Reddick talked about Eros, Brother Walter uh, Walter Marcus talked about um, Agape Love, and I can't even read my own handwriting, Brother Walter Abrams, uh, he talked about Agape Love, uh, Mr. John, uh, Jermaine Thomas talked about Ludus Love, and Mr. Stephen Bell talked about Mania of Crazy Love, and I consider these guys now, um, and I did before, but a family for me. They are a talk show family for me. They always are there for me. They support anything that I do, even before initiating them or giving them an initiative to be a part of this show as co-host. They have always been there for me, so I think that they are also friends to me um, because they have uh, a support and a help for me, uh, and they don't. The investment that they give to me is in me and my endeavor. And of course, if they have endeavors that they uh, are in invested in, and they have uh, things that they would like to invest in. I think that I would have absolutely no issue with participating in those because I consider them my friends. People think that friends are just people that you like to be around. Um, they're like a, a high group. I, you know, there are some people who just all all of who they are is just to be in the in-group. They just want to be in it. Um <laughs> my particular family, like we make up words for everything, and there, you know, we we have noticed, you know, and we we noticed some of the similar things because, of course, we're family and we're related, and, and some of the things that we've noticed, uh, we've named things even amongst ourselves, like you just too ready, like you just want to be a part, you just want to be inclusive, but you come to the game with really no offering, and the definition of friend is absolutely that. And I would charge most of you just to evaluate because, you know, circumstances in my life have proven to me and have poured me into a place where I had to fall away from a lot of people. Uh, actually, literally, I'm strategically moved away from my family, and it's very, very difficult to be able to function in the way that I am. And some of my friends here who are not relatives of mine, I have put in places that serve similar purposes that uh, 
uh, family uh, does, I think. And I think it is a necessity to understand the difference between those. Now, with regard to should your friend be uh, family, should family be the same level of expectation? Um, And I would say just no. I think that there are things and situations that that just are. They don't require um, expertise with uh, just consultation in. Um, But I think that it's very natural, and I think that it's very expected that when you share something with your family that there's something to do afterwards. Like family wants to do something, they want to fix it. Um, They have an investment in you. Uh, They have been in your life since your life started, and I think that when you come to them in conflict or in need, I think a lot of the times they feel that that's the opportunity for them to come and now uh, fix something when that, at that point, what you really just need is a friend. You just need someone to be there to support you and sometimes just to listen, but I have found just personally, and this may not be the truth of everyone, but I didn't ask a guest on tonight because I wanted to speak on this for for personal reasons because I feel like uh, two of the closest people in my life, I well, actually three. There are three people are who are extremely close to me and in my heart, and I feel like they are closer at times and have been at very – uh, distraught times for me than my family, but it was it was because of the situation. It wasn't because oh, I just love them so much more than my family. They're just so much more easy to deal with than my family. None of that at all. What it is is that circumstances, I think, dictate who you call on and in what situations you call on them. I would say that it would have been well. It I, I don't have to think. I can tell you for sure it was absolutely difficult for me to share what was going on in my personal life with any of my family members, anybody who I was literally related to. Uh, Actually, um, I I just could not, and, and, and I'm owning this. I'm not saying that it was any of their faults because I think that had I been able to share um, without um, them moved moving to action, because I'm from a family of women, and there are men in my family, but the majority of my family are women, and they move in such a way that when something's going down, they need some reckoning. Like, they, they want something to happen. I understand that. I respect that. But I do say that sometimes you have to just chill and be a sounding board, be a consultative place. And I swear to you, this dog does not ever bark until I get on the air. And, like, now he is losing his freaking mind. Why? I have no idea. Not, like, none at all. I don't know why he's tripping right now. And if I go in here, I might choke him. I saw one of my girlfriends, and she's one of the girls of reference that I was speaking of. Uh, her name is Holly. She just had a newborn, and she is so – the first time I had a conversation with this girl, it was as if I had always knew her. Immediately I uh, identified with her 
exteriorly. I knew just an identity in some of our background because of our religious upbringing. It was similar just because some of what our religious upbringing is has a lot to do with presentation. So I recognized her as that very early. But the sisterhood that formed from that was unbelievably strong so quickly. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I almost pushed back from it because it just was like, who is this chick? It's like, I should know her because it was just that strong of a bond. Same is to be said of my other sister, uh, Jerry, who we all went to nursing school together. We shared some of the most uh, grievous times, some of the hardest, I would say, the hardest times we were in a point of our lives where we were defining how we were going to take care of ourselves and our families, and it was dependent upon, you know, us being evaluated after school, you know, in, in this school system. So the bond that we, we, we formed was, of course, because we were in the same programming, but the experiences that we had were day-to-day, um, the failures, the defeats, the the wins, the the acceptances, uh, the regrets, uh, just basic girl stuff, the hurts. Uh, I went through issues with her and her family. Uh, the, uh, both both of my girlfriends um, had losses in their families. I had losses, and it was just like they. It, it was just like I had always known them, and I didn't meet them until I was well off into into nursing school. But to, I said all of that to say this is that the test of friendship versus familyship, or relation, or relativeship has to do with the experience. It's not just because you share a mother or a father or aunts and uncles. It is in the experience. And um, it, it is evident that there was a sharing. It was never a time that I wasn't able to go to them for support, uh, whether it was literally or emotionally or spiritually. I was always able to go to them. And with life, we hadn't, I've been out of nursing school since 1990-something. And um, it's unbelievable that um, we picked right back up. We saw each other. We connected. And it was just as if we had seen each other the day before. I think that is one of the other characteristics of who your family is. Uh, And in this particular instance, uh, when you consider someone that is not related to you family, it's an automatic friendship, uh, which I think is not the same the opposite way. I think when you are reared in a home, and I'm not speaking against family. I'm not saying that it's negative if you don't have the same experience. What I'm saying is that uh, to have friendship along with familyship is a blessing, and it is something that has to be worked through. And I think the biggest thing with that is to be transparent and honest and for your full intent to be obvious. And, and that is something that, I've said that a lot on a lot of different shows, but that is just the truth of the difference between a family uh, and a friend um, who is not literally blood-born related to you. Now, with that being said, the opposite, I think, is not true. 
it that has to be uh, uh, graded in a on a different scale. Uh, I am a twin. I have a beautiful twin sister, and I have a beautiful older sister. I wasn't graced with brothers, which is why I think I'm very, very uh, needy of men and protective of men and protective of my nephews and my son. I always have felt like I was supposed to have a brother, and my not having a brother made me very uh, weary of how men are treated and how men um, need to be protected and kind of molded, allowed to have emotional place and that sort of thing. But those are my sisters. They are, we have the same mother. We have the same father. Those are my sisters. They will never be replaceable. They will will never be loved anyone over the other. Uh, The experiences that I've had with my sisters versus the two girlfriends that I was speaking of earlier are just different. Um, I spent, I guess you could say when you were in, when you were born in a home with sisters and brothers, you spent all your life growing up with them. But the interactions that were in my formative years were with them. But in my um, adolescent years and growing years was just with my twin sister. And even in that, I didn't spend a lot of time like, with her or do things with her. Uh, The things that we did were like family oriented. It would be church. It would be vacations and stuff like that. But to have a person to person, one-on-one interactive about life, about things like that, we just didn't have that. Uh, And again, we have really strong love for each other. I think that was even the more so difficult for me and my older sister because she is eight years older than I and my twin, um, she was married a little bit younger than um, we were, a lot younger, actually. She married at a young age. And she had to change gears from being the older sister to being a mother, a wife and mother. And so that put her in a different realm of people, a different realm of responsibilities that, of course, I and my twin sister couldn't identify with and were far removed from so it allowed for a different level of friendships and attachments and, you know, you know, concerts of people to come into her life. At the same time as me, I can very well remember when I went off to college, that is when I realized that I had not taken enough time and experience to uh, uh, mature the relationship that I had with my sisters. And I will say this, it is not until I moved away after getting married that the yearning and the missing of that relationship showed up. Uh, uh, and I, I, I hate that I'm spending so much time because I thought I was going to be able to do the show in just an hour, and I got a little bit more than, than 20 minutes left, but we'll we'll finish up in just a little bit. But um, – the uh, truth is, is that I just, we just did, life separated us in ways that was not uh, purposeful, but um, it literally did. And then once I moved away from school, I think it made it even the more difficult because it was almost like I was coming back to this group of people that I knew, but that I didn't have the day-to-day experiences with, which I think is healthy, but I think that I should have spent more time to cultivate the relationship with my sisters um, and, and even my mom and my dad and my aunts and everything. It is not until I started to lose 
my family that I realized the, the significance of who they are and what they have to give to me. And at that point, of course, you know, it's, it's too late, but I did start actively making a point to to give myself into them, to make sure that they knew how much I loved them and how much I, you know, thought of them. You know, and, it, and that sounds very minimal, but it's not the things that you give to them. It's the truth of the experience with them. One of the experiences that I had that I'll never forget that I had with my Aunt Rose, and I'm looking at her picture right now, one is to tear up is because I think that she spoke into me a freeing of me to love myself, which, you know, she she's not my mom, but she was absolutely in a place of where I would be able to accept it. Um, my mom has said things to me similar to that, but it didn't invoke anything of movement in me. Um, I've had friends to even tell me things like that, but it didn't have the power that it did when it came from someone like a family. Now, family is a, a peculiar being, and it's a peculiar uh, set of happenings because there is so much that can be said uh, with family that's given a past that we wouldn't even tolerate when it comes to, you know, folk or, or friends. You know, I think personally I have a tolerance um, in people uh, and friends that I don't have with family, and I'm not even sure why. Um, I don't say that it makes them my enemy and it doesn't make them a foe, but it does uh, allow a, a confusion in what can and what cannot be. I was watching, well, I was not watching. I was looking and reading um, a post by someone who I am related to, and someone that I um, call friend. And this particular person seems to sacrifice herself for the sake of being included. Um, and I, I just, I cannot get it because, you know, the, 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 the inclusiveness that she always gets is short-lived, and I want so much more for her to love herself enough to only accept what's good. We, I, I promise you, in church today, uh, we talked about this in, in, a, in a roundabout way. There's just some things that's just not uh, worthy of having in your life if it doesn't, you know, speak and give into it. Like, I, I don't call people friends freely. You know, I have Facebook Friends and those friends are associated to me by some way, you know. Is I I don't, you know, I don't anymore because I did in the past just frill, freely and for no reason at all other than they had some nice features associate myself through this internet or social networking. Now it's extremely important because. Again, in the definition of friend, you have to be able to enjoy the the back and forth with this person. If you first of all, if you're not enjoying it, it's not your friend. 
Let's just get that out the way because let's just go ahead and define what this is. If it is not something that is speaking a positivity into your life and actually something that is helping and supporting your life, then it is not a friend. Let me go and do something with this puppy right quick, and I will I will be back. I don't. I promise you, I don't know why he does this to me every week. Everybody sees this you I'm the one that lost of you Everybody says we're through I hope you haven't said it too So
we're back, we're back, we're back. And, you know, that was Chris Brown. You know I love Chris Brown with his crazy self. But uh, we were talking about friends and foes, frenemies and family, relatives and frenemies. It's, it's real. It's, it's, it's out there. I had to choke my little puppy for a little while, but I gave him a snack. And, you know, they say that dogs are a man's best friend. I think it's because they can't talk. It's just because they can't talk, and you can pretty much, you know, do whatever you want to do, <laughs> and they'll still be there. It's not like they're the greatest animal in the world, but I have one, and, and he's doing better now. All it took was a little snack, and now he's better. We're talking about friends, family, foes, frenemies, whatever you want to call it. It is what it is, and I was expounding on how I feel personally with regard to who, not who's better, but I think that there is a freeing place that is not necessarily always there with family that you can find with friends. I'm, I think so. Uh, we got a couple of people on hold, um, and if you'd like to share, then please do. Because I tell you what, you know, I'm not always right about everything. I've, tr- I don't, I, I've tried it all. I've tried a lot. I'm not trying weed because I'm scared, and I can't be having a bad piss test. You know, that's just, you know, you can't do that and be do what I do. So I will not try something. But as far as relationships and as far as sending myself into places where people uh, say that they are on your side and that kind of thing. And, of course, it was interesting to me that even in the definition of the word friend, it says that you have to enjoy yourself being with that person. And, and that that person has an obligation to support or help in some way you and your cause or purpose or what have you. So I think we call people friends, and they're really not your friends. I think that we say people are your family, and they're acting like friends. And I don't know about this whole, you know, being friends with your mom or being friends with your your your. Uh, I was about to say overseer. Being friends with people who have the authority over you, it's not, to me, it's not really healthy. I don't want to be friends with someone that I uh, necessarily work for because that means that I'm going to have some type of expectation of obligation to that person, not to the job. I'm friends with my check, but I'm not friends with that person. We have an obligation to ourselves. And if someone is not feeding or bringing enjoyment to you, then that's not your friend. 4644, the last four digits of your phone number. I'd like to open up the line to you if you'd like to share with me how you feel about the difference between family and friends and whether or not you think there should be a difference between the two. Well, I was just listening. Okay. But, yes, there should and be a want- difference between family and friends. Family is is blood. Friends is friends. Friends come and go. Okay, friends but can be, if you go ahead, friend could be at the moment. Mm-hmm. Families usually last. So that is, if it's a functional family, you have much dysfunctionality that goes on today, mm-hmm. and that's why I come the picture that it paints is unrecognizable as it was in olden days, olden times. <laughs> I tell you, I, I've heard more people compare the olden times. I don't know when that was because all of what 
you know, I think I don't think that there is a functional, like a positive functioning family or the opposite of whatever dysfunctional family is. I think that if you have the ability to foster uh, children to adulthood who are progressive and being able to take care of themselves and have respect for the elders in their family and outside of their family, and then to reproduce that in the children that they have, then you're, that's great. And, and, and I don't see how uh, you can remove dysfunction from that because I think life is just like that. I, I, I hate saying dysfunctional. I think we're all dysfunctional. But what was interesting to me was that there was an obligation to these friends. And I asked, you know, several people, like, how many friends do you have? And, you know, we get so special when it comes to extra things like uh, I have associates and I have, you know, we just, we're just cool like that. You know, I go out with this group of people, but I only, you know, share my personal life and that sort of thing with this other group of people. And, you know, the loyalty or the obligation when you talk about friend, even in the definition, and I'll just have to keep saying that, is that you have to have an enjoyment. So all of these reality shows where we see these women fighting with each other and all of these uh, situations that you can even hear from some of your friends, uh, I, I actually don't have friends, you know, and people don't believe me when I say that. I do not have friends who have chaotic lives where they're always going back and forth with the people that are constant in their lives, whether whether it's their mates, their their family, and that sort of thing. Of course, they have issues. They, You know, we talk, I got mad at my sister, I got mad at my mom, or I got mad at my best friend. That's just normalcy. But for some people, there is a, and, and, and for lack of a better word right now, there is a dysfunction that is so great that it's almost the the pattern of how they function all the time and with everybody in their life. Uh, should you be a friend with your family? Mm, I'm not really sure. Uh, someone actually asked me if my mom was my friend, and I don't think my mom is my friend. Like, I have a healthy amount of fear, Um from her authority to me. I have a healthy amount of respect that certain things, situations, and, um, you know, participating in, I'm just not going to expose her to that. Well, you know, which I, mm-hmm. I, I remember, I remember families, and that's still something, they, that the daughter wouldn't marry unless the father approved of it. Mm-hmm. And the Chairman was seen and not heard. Uh, uh-huh. Came down for s- supper. The chairman was fed first before the adults ate. Uh, it wasn't a great hurry to push the child out of the house when they reached a certain age. Matter of fact, uh, many of the grown chairmen stayed in the house. That way, you wouldn't have to have. You had three different chairmen. You wouldn't have to have four living room sets, four kitchen sets for breakfast table and so on and so on and so on. So that was the functionality that I'm talking about, uh, and that's just a few examples that uh, I remember experiencing. You still can read about it, read stories about families uh, uh, from down in the South that 
advocated those type of, of uh, behavior, those type of mm-hmm. guidelines. And that's missing today in much of the case uh, societies. And, I'm, and, you know, I'm uh, relating to African-American societies. There's so much dysfunctionality that exists within it today. Uh, thus you have. And it not only is shown also in the economics, especially in the, the economics in the community, uh, how that was controlled rather than it being uh completely open where anybody comes in and uh, takes advantage of it. So, I mean, so do you think, because my grandmother lived with her sisters and brothers until the day she died. Actually, there's only one sister left, but the sisters who were married, and this was, this was, you know, I'm in the South. I'm in Alabama, but they live in Mississippi. And the entire corner of this particular street was our family. There was her uncle and his wife. She lived in the middle. Her sister and her children. Uh, behind them were the other sister and husband. I mean, the entire, literally the entire corner. And then you can go to the other end of the street, and there was another family, actually from the same country city. I don't even know if you've ever even heard of McCool, Mississippi. They all came down together like that, and they stayed together. And you're right. If you didn't have, basically, not just the dad, if you didn't have approval of the family, the first thing that they wanted to know is who are their folks, who are their folks, and and what do and what you know where do they live was is very important to them. And I can remember, um, and I'm not bad mouthing my ex. I just know that they had a lot of questions, and I just didn't realize that it was a way for them to gauge whether or not the merging of these two families, who not us, not me, and the potential groom at the time, it was just the two families, if those two families coming together were going to produce something healthy. And it, it was actually, you know, not not proven scientifically, but anybody who didn't get the family blessing, it more than likely didn't work. And it wasn't, we know, they didn't do arranged marriages or anything like that, but it was just very, very, very tight. I don't know that that was all the time very healthy either because it was very controlling. Also in families that are very not really old school, but who function in a way of kind of getting the okay from the grandmama, the granddaddy, and everybody else, the the religious or the the conscious decision of worship was 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 worked in that way too. Our, every bit of our family went to the same church, and that was absolutely a disaster. Like that, well, is the one thing that I think was detrimental to a lot of of, of the the issues in our family. Go ahead. And my daughter. I'd done background checks on the people that she wanted to marry. And if the reports came back bad, she didn't marry her. And I know other people that do the same thing. That's, you know, you said the right word. You're marrying family. You're not just marrying the individual. Uh, you want to know exactly what you're getting involved in. And it can be very hurtful, very costly, and very. And also, uh, the idea of signing preumps is very good. Nowadays, because uh, families have built up 
uh, certain wealth, uh, certain statuses, and they don't want their tore down. Uh, people today Over have deviant minds. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you, you know, want to know that you did that? Like, I would be kind of mad at you for doing that. It's like you don't trust my judgment of who I want to be with. Well, it's not that the daughter is getting uh, don't trust her judgment. It's just the daughter respect her family and respect mm. her father. Mm. Now that goes into even my grandson today. The same thing will be applied to him. Mm. And you've you done that in the south. Uh, the uh, you had Gaston, A. G. Gaston, and uh, Smith, Smith and Gaston, funeral homes. Uh, Mr. Gaston, when he was young, wanted to marry uh, Mr. Smith's daughter. And uh, the story goes, she couldn't marry unless Mr. Smith uh, okayed it. And Mr. Smith okay. seen the economic possibilities that existed if the two had came together, which did prove to be so as they went on to become very highly profitable in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and Meridian, Mississippi. So but you're those talking go on today. That's business. That's business. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying okay. When, when it comes to friends, then we're talking about emotions and feelings and stuff. So that's different. But uh, that mayor, the mayor, and I'm not well, kind of playing devil's advocate because actually I was told by my ex's grandmother. Don't marry him. Like he's not ready for that. It was almost an incentive to do, to even do it. I mean, and I'm kicking myself now today because I think I was. Ju- I just wanted what I wanted. And I couldn't see past myself. When now I know that it's bigger than just a marriage between two people. It is two families coming together. But whose interest is the highest? Is it about a family? Or is it about this new friendship or business relationship? Because that's what you're talking about. You're talking about business. Well, it all goes hand to hand. Families marry. Uh, you know, uh, you see much dysfunctionality when you don't have a man, a father in the household. How mm-hmm. would a, a how would a young lady know what to look for in a man, a husband, if she had never seen that played out between a mother and a father? She doesn't know. What is she supposed to do? Resort to Dear Abby, uh, Jerry Springer, uh, you know, some of well, those did, outlets. Okay, I'm, a, I'm assuming you did. I'm, I'm assuming that you had to have permission to marry. Did you? Well, I married my child. He was a sweetheart. I, I'm the lady but I married, I didn't know it since we was 10 years old. And but by the time I we got really you. got married... That was already established, and you know it's not so, like bringing somebody home. If you you can see the difference. Yeah. yeah. Now the wife I have now is uh, from Ghana, West Africa, and yes, I had to go through a lot before I could marry her. My American so wife died. So you've been married more than once, but that's my point. Well, my like, American. Is... Well, I'm mm-hmm. still married to her because she passed away. We never divorced. My. Oh, okay, okay. So I have but two wives. You, one is just uh, in life, and one is uh, deceased. So do and 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 see, I I don't I don't know if I 
cool to, and I was talking more so about me personally. I don't think that this is great of uh, the median of how people function, but I think that it's and it might it kind of sounds selfish, but it's in the definition of what these entities are, and they don't differ very much. But with what they do differ by is by uh, support and help to self and what that gives to you. And so if your family is not supporting you and if your family is not helping you and you have persons who are not related to you who do that, is that your family or are you just you just substituting? Because I don't think you can substitute some things, and, of course, that is mother, father, and, and, and siblings, but you you still have that need to have a maternal place, and I'm not I don't want to speak for you having lost your wife, but if you felt like you were to have a united relationship, it probably you know most people who have been married one time do want to be married, so I don't see any difference in that and having the want to have like a brother. Like I don't have a brother, but I desperately have this pull towards men who I would think would be the type of brother for me or fit into my scale of characteristics and convictions and all those of my brothers in there. When they do something way off, I'm like, mm that 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 is not family to me. But don't you think that there's there's some places that can be substituted and others that cannot? Well, you can have friends. I mean, but friends is not the same as family. You know, there's times when the friends can't be allowed in the room while the family is having discussion. Uh, you you know, I mentioned earlier, Mary and Jerry Springer. Well, that's when your family business is put out for all to see, friends and non-friends. And that was just taboo. In those times, he didn't do that. So, so than, there's a lot, and you know another thing, the idea. Another idea of a husband beating up on the wives. Well, a husband uh, had to fear the brothers, had to fear the father, had to fear the uncle before they would take on uh, such a devious uh, trait, a devious action, and beating up on a wife. That don't exist in many cases today. You know what? That I know for sure uh, because I survived uh, domestic violence. And when I started to understand how I can let this happen, because you have to participate in some types of domestic violence, you have to participate for it to be able to occur. And part of it was, just because I was a a girl with an absent father and no male presence in the home. Like the majority of domestic violence uh, victims come from that situation. And it's not a coincidence, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's absolutely the truth. But the, 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 the reason why a lot of women, though, too, repeat poor behavior is too because there's an absence of a male figure and they choose they choose the almost 
not even on purpose, but you you go you can actually say, I am not going to have this particular thing right here. Just like you say, I'm not going to be like my parents, and it's just like you're going to be just like them. You end up hearing yourself sounding like them, uh, having actions like them. It's almost like if you don't um, recreate how it should be or feel the places that are empty or at least recognize what you're doing, you're almost bound to repeat those. Well, when I hear people say that, I can understand that they don't have the connection. You can see it in the raising, in the behavior of, of males today. You know, many black males, black males aren't the men that they're supposed to be. The uh, woman is not supposed to raise the, the male. Matter of fact, the father's not. That raising of that male to a certain level, when he comes off the tit, should be the responsibility of the grandfather. Grandfather is the larger volume of knowledge. The the father was just a boy two months ago, so he don't really know. He has to be taught. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the daughter. It's the grandmother's job to raise the daughter to a certain level, to pass on and teach guide until they reach a point. Then the mother steps in a little bit more thoroughly, but. Uh, you know, the grandparents, that was their obligation. That was their job. That was their responsibility to do that. So, ooh, you just made me feel like I might be doing something. Okay, I don't get along with my ex's family, period. It's not that I don't get along. When I divorced him, they disappeared. And I had that to kind of talk about because I'm not really sure what people do. You know, some people feel like once you're married to someone and you have children with them, regardless of if y'all are together, there is still a family connection, and really there is by blood. But by choice or the friendship part, that has to be a choice. And even, again, even by definition, enjoying being with that person, enjoying the support and help of that person. But if there is no support, if there is no help, and if you don't enjoy it, am I wrong for keeping at bay? Because literally, and on paper, I, I'm not related to them anymore. I'm not related to them. I don't have any uh, part in being um uh, I, I don't. I don't have a need. I don't have a want to be a part of anything in that side of the family, with the exception that I have children who will. Yeah. So why you I take do. that away from the children? Those are children's but cousins what, what, and nieces and nephews. No, I wouldn't take them. No, I wouldn't take them away. I absolutely encourage that, but because of the tension. And because there has never been a closure or an explanation or or a, agreeing to disagree with regard to the adult situation, it makes it difficult for me to pretend like I'm not going to be a friend of me. I'm not going to pretend like I like anyone who's not uh, warm. If you don't like me, that's you know I don't care that you don't. I just make make a point to pull you out of my life because it's just too short. Like I don't want to waste a lot of energy trying to get myself together to play nice when it's so tense. 
So the easier thing for me to do is that if you want them to participate, just let me know ahead of time, and I'll make a point to get them to, you know, to point A, B, and that just doesn't happen. So I'm good. I, I think I'm good, but I don't want to do anything that is going to in any way take anything from my children. I don't see where I'm taking anything from them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like I said before, uh, that coming together of two families huh? is a very, it's a very meaningful and should be a very thought out and careful decision that's made. And a lot has to go into it in the investor investigating exactly, you know, what uh, uh-huh. each has to bring to the table. I mean, you surely uh-huh. can't marry a woman for looks because that will wear off after about a decade. Okay. So uh, it has to be more thorough, though. It should be. I'm not saying that it has to be. But, you know, we live in a society today that anything goes. Things that uh, is uh, a right today was despised, you know, decades ago. So uh, is it easy to live within a society that may not adhere to your uh, morals, per se, uh, judgments? Well, it's very difficult. Uh, The things that your children see on TV, you know, as as long as they're children, you got a right to uh, shield them from that. You have a right to shield them from certain things activities that go on in the the school that they attend, too. But how mm-hmm. many do, does that? Mm-hmm. So let's just say that if I was your daughter and you found something, like you, you, know, you don't know him, so you do your investigation, what is going to be uh, absolutely, uh-uh. And, and, um, you may be, and I'm not talking about you may be wanting You may be wanting to marry into a drug family. Suppose y'all off at a, on a family outing and things going on that you don't know nothing about that have created a rivalry, and here mm-hmm. you are um, in an opening uh, location, uh, you know, uh, numerous people, and all of a sudden the cars speed by and start shooting at him. So, uh, and that has happened. So, uh, mm-hmm. you never know nowadays. You have to put in the work to make sure that uh, you're not getting involved in something that would be uh, regretful at some point in time. But is there not the same level of capability happening with someone who has a clean rap sheet? Because that too has happened like it's, I don't, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be naive that that's just ignorant for you to go into something that you know there's a potential danger and that sort of thing. That's why you have to be just totally open and honest about everything. Ask the hard questions. And if you can't if you can't formulate a question to someone, then you don't need to be with them. But as far as just like even friendships, I, I, I had friends who worked in the same field as I do where we can't do certain things. I mean, certain things we just can't do, even the association. Would uh, can pull your license for it, and when I found out that they were practicing like that, and they were basically she was smoking weed, I was like, I I'm sorry, like I'm not, and I I like you, but no, friends, because I can't have that association put with me just because I'm hanging out with you. That's uh that's a non-death 
That was a good uh, choice. Scenario. Well, I know it was a good choice, but it doesn't diminish that I did enjoy being with her uh, outside of her. Like, I couldn't be, I have to either be able to participate in all of your life or none. It's it's like I don't do fair weather friends. I don't do friends when you having a good time. Then you want me to be there so that you can have the numbers and sort of look better. And I have I have family members who do that. They go through periods of years of not talking to people because of hurtful stuff that has been said and has been done. And then all it takes is the right event, and then she right back there. And it's like, do you not remember? How that made you feel, and this these these people don't have to be in your life. It's like I don't I don't get that. So if I think that you're going to threaten my uh, livelihood and my capabilities and my name, then we can't be friends. And I feel like a person should be able to judge me the same way. You know, I I, I wouldn't be upset if someone said I just can't associate with you because la di da di da. I'd have to respect that rather than pretending, which is what the frenemy is. The frenemy pretends to be a friend when they're actually out and against you. It just looks good. So well, yeah, do, you not think it's, do you not think it's the same chance? Because I, I get well, the feeling that the person it, it, Here's the difference is that... Yes, the, the difference is, is that if you cover all your... your Dot all your I's and cross all your T's. If you put in the due diligence, then you can't mm-hmm. never say to yourself, I wish I had a. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when people don't put in the work, you know, you're going to reap what you sow, quote, unquote. But if people don't put in the work to make sure that they have investigated or uh, they have thoroughly looked into what it is that they're about to get involved. I mean, it's just like, Buying a car, uh, some people put more effort and uh, more effort and more investigation in the car, the vehicle that they're going to buy, than the person that they're going to date. Mhm. Well, I don't know nothing about no car, so I just bought what I can afford that had low maintenance, and that's how I'm gonna get my man too. <laughs> <laughs> Low maintenance. Well, I want. I don't know. I don't want. I will not. Let me just rephrase that. I will not allow even family to say and talk to me in certain ways. So why would I allow a friend or a mate to do that? Now I did have to go through allowing people to be, you know, to treat me. Poorly to learn that lesson, but now that I'm here, I can't go back. Like it's just I can't. I would rather not have you in my life if you're going to spew that into me. And so, I don't know if that means I trust people until they uh, they burn me. But I I pretty much I don't necessarily I don't think I need any more friends. I just I, I love the family that I have. And I do know that, you know, the older part of my family, there's not a lot of my older family left, but I have still large family. And once that place and uh, is gone, I don't think that there's room to replace that. I don't think that I would want to try to replace, 
my sisters. I I have a twin sister. I have an older sister. Uh, those are my sisters. And if I were to lose them before I left here, I I don't want, I, nobody can be in that place. But I also have friends that ain't no other friend gonna be able to replace who that is. And I don't I don't think I need anymore. So you are you telling me? Well, that you, you know you can't. Use, you can't stay with mm-hmm. it. See, if you don't put in the work necessary to make sure that the involvement that your children mm-hmm. are getting into is the right choice, is not dangerous, then when something does happen, you're going to be faced with that burden yourself. I mean, does a family let their daughter sleep on the street? So you have to, if you don't pay, you either put in the work today or you're going to have to pay for it tomorrow. And that's more generally the case. Same, I mean, that plays out in many aspects of life. Uh-huh. You have to put in the work in order for the cover the bases. That way you assure yourself that there won't be any repercussions as time goes by. That, that's hard to do. I don't see how anybody, that's almost saying just a guarantee that it's going to work. And you can't. You're just gonna. You're just gonna get get the. Well, you don't. It's not position. a guarantee that it's gonna work, but it's that you you are covering all your bases. I mean, you have mm-hmm. certain responsibilities as a member of a family, as a father to your children. It, uh, those responsibilities, just like uh, your baby, you would not let brush up against the stove because they get burnt. Right. And once that you instill that safety into that child, then the child began to understand the principle behind that directive themselves. Well, I'm. I was also telling my friend yesterday. I I never had the respect that I have now with single parents because the need doesn't go in half because there's half of a family now. If anything, it doubles up. Um, I think the need doesn't really double up. I think it's just the awareness is all put on one person. (laughs) And in that instance, I, you know, a lot of people ask me, why won't you just move home and move closer to your family? If that were an option, then I would do that. Uh, but I still say that life will shoot you as much as you can, you know, bear or deal with. My being right next door to my mom is not going to change the, this, you know, the the way that I feel like I need to still provide for my kids. It's not going to change that. So it may give me an option that I don't have here, but I have to create options where I am. And so, um, you know, I don't think that people appreciate when they do have family. I hear uh, husbands and wives all the time say how, you know, I wish if I was just single and if I could just do this and not worry about that. The thing is is that there is a give and take in any level of relationship. But if you are not in a, you know, significant relationship with someone, with another grown person, you finna give and you finna do all of this yourself. And, and and you need to appreciate that, you know, everything can't go your way sometimes. It's like it sounds spoiled to me. And I might have sounded the same way when I was married. I don't think so, though. I just don't. 
I just I don't know how some people even make it, you know, but they make it, they make things happen. Um, and that's what drives me to believe that I can do the same thing. Um, and even so with a man, you know, me, I I don't know what it is to be a man, especially a black man. I don't know what that's like. But I see more black men trying to take care and be a part, do the little bit that they can. Um, but all we hear about is how many of them don't. I mean, I know men who are purposely trying to, uh, provide and be a part and who are trying to do their education as much as they can to these young boys, but women have gotten into a groove of doing it themselves and feel like they don't need that. And in those instances, I think we need family. Like if, if I know there's going to come a point where my son, who's 10, there's going to be some things I just can't do because I'm a girl. I know that and I, I align myself and, and participate with men who have what I would consider the type of standards and ethics and practices and functionalities that I would like to see my son, you know, do. Those are going to be the go-to persons for me because I'm sure, you know, I know there's going to be some happenings with my daughter that my ex is going to be like, I don't know what to really tell her. And I would hope that he is thinking in the, in those same ways to try to, to be prepared. But if you had to give one particular uh, bit of advice for uh, what's best for, uh, I'm, I'm saying a person like me who's single. Well, when your child, you your boy get right, your boy get around eight years old, you need to put him with some responsible men. Mhm. Mhm. Because uh, you you given all the reasons why you should, and society mm-hmm. you know today shows you that uh, those elements are just not there. I mean, from every standpoint, socioeconomic, especially economics, uh, the cro- mm-hmm. controlling of your economy within the community that you uh, live in—that's a cultural that's taught. Uh, that's not something that people just all of a sudden stumble upon because the people who are controlling it, they come from culture where that is taught, that's passed down. And that's why come you don't see it existing in, uh, you know, those great population centers that black make up around uh, the south, the southeast. And uh, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It causes problems. Where are so you? you? Should, uh, where are you? Well, I'm in Missouri. Okay, and Missouri mm-hmm. is not south. You know, I don't know my map. My, my my son teaches me my map, and I just don't get it. I don't. I think you may be like nine, ten hours away, but you still there. You still are you black? Yeah, I'm black African American. Okay, and I like the I south. I spent time. I've uh, just uh-huh. gone to Louisiana here last. Last month, had opportunity, opportunity to spend some time around Atlanta. And I like it down there. I think it's a lot of opportunities. I like the weather. I like the people. I like the, op, uh, nice. the progress that they've made. We are nice, and we can read, and we can go out. You know, I mean, it's not like what, you know, northern persons think of us. Like, we're not still... You know, going to the side, wanted to be fed, and 
We don't go to the outhouse to use the restroom. We actually have, you know, plumbing and everything. I mean, we <laughs> we are friends. We are. And I'm going to say, uh, right before we get ready to go, I think that just because we're of the same race, I, I think that there should be an easier way for us to be friendly to each other because, by definition, we're family because we're in this this united stock, common stock of of uh, of being related. Uh, we have uh, supposedly we're having the same experiences because of our being of the same race. So why can't we like each other? Right. That that Well because we we come to we try to associate for the wrong reasons. I mean we should be doing more association based on ec- economics mm-hmm. than anything else. That is very, very very very, very important that uh, that we and that's what I'm talking about with family. You remember the uh T V series Dallas that used to come on T V with J. R. Ewan? Yeah. Yeah. You see how that family used to operate. They come down, Bobby, Jr., Sue Ellen, Bobby, and Pam, and Miss Ellen, Miss Ellie, and uh, Josh. And yeah. You had the. Uh, they used to come down to breakfast and they talk business. Supper time. They talk mm-hmm. business. And that's what but they is had a be. business. It wasn't like well, they yes, had any other choice. But it was passed yeah. on. It was passed down though. But that's what that's what it takes. You see other you see immigrants coming here and they have a cohesiveness amongst their own ethnic kind. The Asians, the now you see the Arabs. When you leave your house and go put gas in your vehicle, more likely it's gonna be somebody from the Mid East that's operating that station. Same thing with your grocery store. So blacks are gonna to have to come and I think that blacks in the north and I can't tell them to do this, but I think blacks in the north should move back down south. Right, because North don't have. And so I believe I don't know how true it was, or how thorough it was. But when blacks migrated to the North, and I can understand the reason why, but I think they should have been sending remittances back home to the South right. in order to keep that built up. Right. Because when immigrants but come here, what do they do with their extra money? They send it back overseas. They don't send they? it home. Right, right, yeah. exactly. But they have a stronger, they just have a stronger idea of family, and they understand that the re- the actual resource is just weighted when you're able to have a little bit extra. We we get it, and we run like we're not going to have it very long, and we don't look back. Well, that has to be taught, and that's not taught no longer. I mean, the thing about you get your food on your plate and everybody run to their room where every there's three or four TVs in the house. That's crazy. Huh. That didn't go on when I was coming up. Yeah, it's strange when we sit at the table and eat, and we have family time a couple of times a day. Especially if we are together all day, we have family time. And sometimes my son will call family time. Tell me, I just want to talk to y'all. And, and I really enjoy it, and I hope that it sticks because I know the closer that they get into teens, the less time that they're going to have for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm, try, I'm trying to make it important to, um, you know, think about more than just yourself. Um, uh, my kids. To me, they I call them my breath all the time because that's they are what will be left of me when I'm he, when I'm gone. 
hopefully uh, I won't outlive them. And so if I can make a if I could just make it a habit right now, they'll later be able to appreciate it. But once it's a habit, they'll just do it even without thinking. You know, check on, you know, I tell my, my son, check on your sister at school. You know, he's always telling me he got her back. And he, he, he I don't know why, because he is not a violent child. And he's like, I just want somebody to try to do something so I can beat him up because that's my sister. I'm like, no, why don't you just. Make sure she has someone to play with or make sure that if she falls or something that you can help her get to the teacher. It's not necessary that you just have to be the the brute. I want you to just have your sister's back. And, and then I don't allow her to mistreat him just because she's a girl. I make mm-hmm. her respect his space and respect his time. How old is your that son? Is your bro- He's 10. Mm-hmm. And so that makes him in about, what, sixth grade or something like that? He'll be sixth grade this next year. He's This is his grade mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, your son needs to be, you need to start exposing him to a whole lot of things. He live in a very highly competitive world. You need to start yep. preparing him and directing him into advocations, exposing him to see what he, uh, what type of uh, inner uh, abilities that he has. You have to start uh, improving on his capabilities doing uh, the STEM fields, math, reading, uh, science. You, you know, is he athletic? Uh, we need mm-hmm. to start getting our children more acclimated into baseball. Baseball pays a lot of dividends. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have to start, he's in the 6th grade, 6th, 7th, 8th. When he start getting around the 7th to 8th grade, you got to start exposing him to uh, things that's going to help improve his standardized test scores, too. Uh-huh. Yes, we're we're already this. working on the scores because he's a, he was born an athlete. He's been... Um, they tried to recruit him a lot earlier than he should have. When they when they see potential, when they see an athlete here in Hoover, Alabama, <laughs> they want you regardless. Mm-hmm. And my baby wasn't even in school good. He had just started first grade, and they wanted him to play with the third graders, and I just couldn't do that. I do not want him to be a great athlete and he can't publicly speak without saying, um, I don't want my daughter, she's good in gymnastics and she's very, she has lots of rhythm, but like right now, I don't care how well she can dance or, or hit a ball because she's having problems with uh, mathematics. I need the yeah. focus to be appropriate and that to be extracurricular and particularly because they're black kids. You know, I don't want you to become driven on the entertainment part, but you can't read your contract. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. And and there's, and there's see, here's a good thing. you got the mechanism that can mm-hmm. provide your children with the uh, necessary uh, tools that they need in order to improve. You know, my grandson works with a African-American. Well, he's a Canadian. He's mm-hmm. he's in Canada. He does tutoring, math tutoring with uh, him on uh, his calculus and uh, things like that. And uh, he do it over the internet, you know. Mm-hmm. So those possibilities exist. 
and mm-hmm. you you just got to take advantage of it. It's very important. You know, I, I don't know how how convincing I could be to to you. You know, just uh, our first conversation on the phone. Never met you before, but I can tell mm-hmm. you one thing: don't let your children's education slip. Because uh, when as time go by, it's going to become very, very hectic. And mm-hmm. if you do it right, you would be the manager of their college uh, applications, their managing of their application for scholarships, because there's over 100 of them that, uh, that specifically that I've identified that's specifically for you know, African-American children, but it takes a lot of, the child cannot do it. The parent's going to have to manage that. Uh, getting the transcripts, getting the recommendations from uh, counselors, and uh, you, they have to have a large resume of extra uh, extracurricular activities, volunteerism, uh, honors and awards. And the bigger that is, the likelihood and of their chances of pulling in thousands and thousands of dollars increases. But the child can't do it themselves because they are already tied down. If they're going to be tied down in sports, they have to maintain the academics too. And that takes, that's, 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 that's all of a child's time. And then the boys, you're going to have to stay on them. And, uh, you know, there's ways to do it. You just can't bully them into being, you can't put too much right. pressure. You have to know how to do these things. That's why you, I don't turn my grandson loose with just anybody. I take him down to Atlanta for baseball training uh, mm-hmm. with Brandon Phillips' father mm-hmm. at least three times a year. So I drive, uh, take that 500 and some odd mile trip because it's part mm-hmm. of his, uh, I mean, because I trust this man. This man's got four professional athletes, two in baseball, one in professional basketball, and I forget what the other child does. So he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he's, I mean, he's very affordable. He's affordable for the people down there. They love him. So no matter what your child is involved in, you have to be able to provide them with the tools that they need. That's why I come, even though you're not with the father, you're going to need him. Unless you, unless you're a very wealthy woman, you're gonna to have to need him in order to help make that happen. And he should step up. Mm-hmm. And the family too. Mhm. Mhm. Well, I appreciate you calling in on the show tonight. I made it almost to two hours. I was gonna do just an hour show, but uh, like I said, this was more for me uh, than anything else. We're gonna do a short commercial and then. Even though the Empire was born out of my personal experience and endeavors, the Empress welcomes everyone into the Empire. If you would like to be a guest, a co-host, or simply want to suggest a topic to be discussed, contact me by email at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. I'm here. I'm you. This has been a very interesting, I did not think I was going to be thinking about my ex. At the end of this show, by any stretch of the imagination, I didn't think I was going to think that. But I know this to be true, that it doesn't it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that it takes more than just one person to create a child. It takes two. So it will at least take two to 
evenly uh, offer the best opportunity for the children of that uh, union. I was a child with both parents in the home, physically both parents in the home, with a lot of different distractions in that home to the point where I felt like, and I almost think that some homes are, are built like this, you're almost reared to just get it how you can and just make sure that you can have it. But that is not the determination that I have for both of my children. I know one thing for sure that the love that I have for my children, he does too, our not being together has nothing to do with our wanting the best for our kids. So I will do whatever I have to do to make sure that I offer the best. Um, and I think education is key and being able to, I mean, you just got to have a sound understanding um, of of the world and that comes through um, what basic education you can get from the school system and then the experience of practicing it out in life. Um, all of life is not, you know, in the book. You have to live some of it, and that, too, is a part of, of being family and being relative and, and even being friend. We can offer more than just uh, a phone call or just a card or just chocolates next this month. For those that you say you love, you you want to have some experiences, some real heart-to-heart, some real life lessons kind of dealings, because to me, that's the bigger part of what family is. Going to leave you with this new song. Ah, well, it's not a new song. It's just new on my player. Uh, by, and I think, I hope this is the right one. This is Mary J. Blige and you too. Leave a bad taste. 